and Brit. Brad and Brit, the perfect combination of brawn and wit. Politics, sports, and trending shit. Let's tune in to Brad and Brit. The Brad and Brit cast is underway for this day. We're glad you're with us. As always, we're live in the 1.30 to approximately 2.30 hour East Coast time, United States of America. Hello, I'm I'm Brad. And, uh, to my left and to his right is uh, Britt Whitmire. Britt Whitmire. Uh, for those who are not watching, Britt's wearing a North Carolina Tar Heel hat. Looks good. That's a good look. I, I've never seen that particular style. That's a nice one. It's, uh, they made the Super Regionals in the baseball tournament, Brad. They're going to be playing this weekend. Oh, good for them. Good, yeah. for them. good, good for them. We're happy. We're happy for them. All right. Um, here we go. Here's a list. I'm checking it twice. Which one do you think is naughty? Which one do you think is nice? Oh, this is bad. Um, lack of confidence in personal safety plus inflation. The Democrats are fucked. Number two, <laughs> is murder the price of freedom? Uh, number three, um, Matthew McConaughey. Mm-hmm. Matthew McConaughey. Uh, number four, just remember, there is another dick senator from the state of Texas besides Ted Cruz. He just reminded us today. And uh, my fifth one, and there's more. Now, how much would you pay for an NFL team? Oh, let's do that one first because you and I talked about it after the uh, after the little show was done yesterday, out of sight and out of earshot of uh, this audience. The Denver Broncos have uh, reached an agreement and they're going to be for sale. And Brad, what is that sale price for the National Football League team out of the Mile High City? Well, they're not for sale anymore. No, <laughs> not anymore. No, it looks like no. they're off the market now. Uh, a, a deposit was uh, put down of $40 trillion. $40 trillion. How much? What's yeah. the going rate for an NFL franchise now? Well, wh- this is the, the thing, and you remember this because I know you're, you're a huge baseball yeah. guy. Th- there have been times over the last yeah, eight, 40 years when a player out of nowhere would sign a contract that was way higher than had ever been offered, whether it was a pitcher or, or a great hitter, moving teams. And what you knew was going to happen was everybody else was going to say, well, what about me? <laughs> What's exactly. the deal here? They, so um, now the, the, the Broncos are, are apparently going for $4.6 billion. $4.65 billion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and the highest price that was ever actually paid for an NFL team up until now was that's right your Carolina Panthers which went for half of that 2.3 billion but to be fair those were in older dollars yeah. so 4.6 billion in inflated dollars is not quite double isn't that a pathetic nitpick that means nothing it means for those of you for those of you that are into cancel culture recall that Jerry Richardson the former owner of the Panthers was terribly done to and had his franchise taken away from him basically for being a creep. And his punishment was, here's a couple billion dollars. Billion dollars to go away. But this really, this really lifts the uh, floor yeah. Yeah. underneath the uh, value of all of those other teams. Because help me on this, and I'm not reading this off of anything. I'm just going from uh, what is my feeble little memory. Mm-hmm. The most valuable uh, sports franchise in the 
country for many years, I believe, has been the Dallas Cowboys, correct? Dallas and, Cowboys, New York Yankees kind of fight it out. Yeah. Yep, right up there. And and they've been valued, valued, like looking at houses on uh, Reddit. <laughs> That's not necessarily the price someone's going to pay. But they've been valued for well over three, four billion dollars for a long time. Yeah. So if now a real sale has been made for four and a half billion by a a lesser franchise than the Dallas Cowboys, and this is not you know it's not about what they do on the field. This is just about America's team and all that other shit that that inflated the Cowboys over all these decades, made them you know bigger than life and and got them up there. But if someone has now paid four and a half billion for uh, the Denver Broncos, which th- they are a top tier premier friend. I'm not trashing the Broncos. I'm just saying that that's got to make the Cowboys for real. If Jerry Jones, oh, say wants to live on the beach and, and just light up dollar bills for the rest of his <laughs> life to keep warm Why at night, if cold at the beach, uh, that must make the Cowboys worth six or seven. It's impossible to know. The most recent valuation on that Forbes list is that the Dallas Cowboys are worth six and a half billion dollars. Okay, the most- the, now, that's okay. So I'm about. It's got to be higher than that now, I'm right? Sure, it, sure. it has to. And one would think it would be in the seven and a half or eight billion now, at least range, yeah. based on this yeah. sale price. Sure, absolutely. So it, that's. Um, I don't want to attribute that solely to to inflation or the price of oil or thanks, Joe Biden, or uh, thanks, Putin, for invading Ukraine. But um, the franchises have gotten so much more more uh, valuable because, first of all, it's the TV programming that works. Everything else can be DVR and everything else can be time shifted. This is the one thing, along with news shows that people watch in real time. We're also seeing that legal gambling, which, by the way, looks like it's coming to North Carolina in time for football season. Legal sports gambling is going to shovel billions upon billions upon billions more dollars into the sports world. And the football is the king of betting. No other sport in this country is bet on more than pro football. So that those are some reasons that are happening right now. Plus, you're getting all those other streaming people into the game as far as TV rights. Right. Right. Yeah. There, there, there are a lot of factors that, that push it up, but. Uh, riddle me this, Batman. Uh, no matter how much gambling there is on the games, no matter how many people every Sunday stay tuned a little bit longer because they want to see if their their bet plays out, even if the game is a blowout, they, exactly. they'll stick with it longer. That's that's the theory here. the The teams don't directly benefit from it, but they indirectly benefit in so many different ways from from legalized gambling they, they directly uh, benefit it's not, not done by bookies you know no. by a guy named they, louie out at the end of the there's, street right? there's a company you may have heard of called DraftKings, and they are officially partnering with all of the teams and yeah they'll be directly getting DraftKings will be yeah. partnering and has we're happy for we're, and we're not happy. only that but bet mgm all these other apps are going to be yeah you, you get a direct benefit from those guys yeah. partnering with you yeah yeah so that's, um, that's definitely happening and, and will continue to happen. All right. Well, so uh, it's, it has reached the point where your your last name needs to probably be Walton, as in Walmart, to be able to afford. That, well, that's the other part of this is we've also had – I'm sure we haven't, we haven't revealed who um, – and if people haven't read who bought the Denver Broncos, 
it's a hardworking human being who developed an app that helped out trillions of people, right? Is that is that what happened? Oh, no. Yes. It's some yes. guy that won the sperm lottery, sat in his ass for about 30 years, and just had a shit ton of money fall into his lap as a Walton. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, that's fine. Sure, of course. That, no, that, hang on. To be fair, to be fair, this guy who is a member of the family, yeah. Yeah. and I, I know this because, you know, I know retailing because my sure. dad was in retailing. This particular Walton is the guy who invented the, when you walk into Walmart, there's charcoal chips and coolers on the left side that are not <laughs> at a discount, but they pretend that they are. That was his idea. So don't. <laughs> Don't no, trash this guy. guy. <laughs> he's a genius. He's I thought a you were genius. I thought you were going to say he's the guy that came up with the greeter. He came up with the eighty-three-year-old uh, guy that hey, welcome to Walmart. I thought he was the guy that came up with that guy. Uh, no, that that was one of the sisters. That was one of the sisters. <laughs> uh, you know, sissy, Sissy Walton. You know, Sissy. <laughs> oh, the Denver. In- All right, that's good times. Let's Next, talk- uh, let's let's do Matthew McConaughey. Let's do talk about Matthew McConaughey. Um, because I thought that that was a, a, a fantastic moment. I thought it was a from the heart moment. Those were his words. Uh, they were not written for him and he felt it. And he is from that city in Texas. That's his hometown. Uh, you was it Uhare? Uh, Uvalde, um, Uvalde, Uvalde. I'm sorry. And um, he didn't have to do that. Here's the point. No, yeah. He could have kept his mouth shut. He could have tweeted out a few things. He could have done anything, but he put himself out there. And I think he hit the very center of the discussion right now on guns and safety and reasonable gun regulations and the utter disgust that so many of us have with uh, what's been going on in the country. I think he was perfect. And you know, and I know that it didn't take more than a billionth of a second for someone to say, Oh yeah. So uh, some Hollywood actor has to get up there. And the question that came from Zeke Miller. I, I apologize that we ever had him on our show. Boy, he became an asshole, didn't he, when he got famous? Uh, he, a, no, don't don't leave out James Rosen now who works now. Oh, well, wait, wait, just wait. Just wait, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Just wait. Yeah. Zeke, Zeke Miller was a, was a little shit pissant at BuzzFeed when we talked to him, who knows, wow. 15 years ago, right? Yeah. So the next, next thing you know, he's with Time Magazine and and all these other organizations, he's with the Associated Press now, and and uh, he he's the one that uh, lobbed what I think is is you know one of the uh, the two dumbest things that was uh, said uh, yesterday after McConaughey got done, and of course uh, any chance any chance to take a shot at the uh, president or his press secretary, uh, they never pass it up because that's that's their job. Here's what Zeke Miller said to the press secretary, Jean, Karine Jean-Pierre. Does the president have a clearer sense of where things are, what is possible on Capitol Hill? All right, let me stop there. No, Joe Biden has no fucking idea how the Congress works. He would have no idea. How would he know? 
Right. Right. He would have no idea. He's he's clueless. You need someone who spent 45 years in the Congress like Donald Trump. That guy knows. All right. Back to the. To the Why is he turning to a Hollywood actor to make the message, take the message to the American people? Does he feel like his voice doesn't matter? He fucking made a Joe Biden doesn't even do these. And he did one last week, a uh, 730 in the evening, prime time for him speech about this subject last week. That is such a fuck you way to characterize what you just heard, Zeke Miller. Are you not a human being? What the fuck is wrong with you? All right. And the other remark made by James Rosen, who is a total piece of shit. That guy's a complete fuckface. He's so shitty that Fox fired him about four years ago that he did so much sexual harassment, they fired him. And just think, you know, Fox will stand up for you all the way. You have to go to Bill O'Reilly or Roger Ailes level of harassment. But everything else, they'll tolerate. But they ran him out the door, right? And, and, and so he's been trying to make a living somehow doing whatever he does. So now he's with Newsmax. Newsmax. And, you know, what does he say? Directly to McConaughey, as McConaughey's leaving the podium, McConaughey wasn't going to hold a press conference and answer questions from these goofballs. But you know how they shout at people when they're walking away. He yells at him, uh, were you grandstanding just now, sir? Okay, first of all, when you put sir at the end of a fuck you, that's a, just a, a complete fuck you for doing that. And then to ask the question, were you, yes, I was grandstanding. Well, explain to me what grandstand was Martin Luther King grandstanding in Washington, D.C., when he stood before hundreds of thousands of of people in 1963 in August. I think when uh, I think when Robert, I think when Ronald Reagan said tear down this wall, I think he was grandstanding. I'm going to be honest with you. (laughs) What kind of fucking piece of shit? Get out of my life. Go away. <laughs> McConaughey nailed it. He he was he was great. And and here's the thing. Somebody on my Facebook said, well, you know, he's a big Trump supporter. He's a Republican. He's a Trump supporter. And I said back to her, I said, you know what? That makes it even better that he said what he said. Because he decided he was getting out of the tank. He was going to leave the posse. He was going to say the truth. He was going to speak the truth. He was going to Liz Cheney it. He was going to Adam Kinzinger it. He was going to George Conway it. Okay? Sometimes you just have to do it. I'm sorry that he's been a Trumper all this time, but don't worry. That's cool. You did the right thing yesterday. And just because something someone you may have disagreed with politically all the time says something, you don't automatically disagree with it because of that you can't live that way the country can't live that way when someone says the right thing you go with it you just i also uh, i also dispute what random person on facebook said that he's a big trump guy i also dispute that nakedly i don't think there's a lot of evidence for that at all but that's fine i'm glad i'm glad you know what you you could be right i didn't see him he never campaigned with him he never did any no so you're you're right you're right and and i he doesn't have to apologize for 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 anything when you you look at his public record i think it's been one of of honor and and decency all right those car commercials Eh. Eh. what what was the uh what was it it was like it's lincoln it's lincoln yeah 
Yeah. He's out there. Where he's like in, in like a Lincoln MKZ or a Navigator, and he's out there looking yeah. for dope. That's what it looks like. It looks like he's cruising for yeah. dope. Yeah, yeah. But I, I just think that it it took a lot to to do that because it's so much easier to be quiet about this if uh, you you think somehow, some way, nothing should be done. That this is the price of living in America. Well, kids are going to get shot. Tough shit. If 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 you think that. You want to come out and say that? Go ahead. But those people are very quiet right now. Um, yeah, that's the thing that I'm. That's, that, I'm that's what I'm a little surprised at is the what he said was so good and so genuine that he's he even the the normal asshole people are kind of having to like back off and not really criticize for him because it really hit home for I think a a lot of Americans who saw that uh, that they can't really throw the Hollywood blah, 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 bullshit at him, right? Well, but the fact that Zeke Miller of the Associated Press, remember, it's the Associated Press, mm-hmm. the news organization that's been in business since 1830, okay? Mm-hmm. They are the gold standard of reporting and being fair. And to have one of their reporters make that kind of asshole Right wingy remark because that's all I can all I can think of it as a right wing the phrase Hollywood actor. Okay, let's let's tear that one apart for a second. Sure. Usually, that applies to, and there's a word left out: liberal Hollywood actor. But you yeah. can't say that about Matthew McConaughey because he's he's really not that. So they just call him a Hollywood actor as opposed to what a New York actor, Correct. a Chicago actor. Um, but it's supposed to indicate just the word Hollywood. And we'll take the anti-Semitic quotient out of the word Hollywood because that's very often a, a, a code for for uh, for Jewish, but he's not. So, why should I listen to a Hollywood actor? <laughs> what? W- w- let's turn this one around. Do you give up your right to speak? Do you give up your right to have an opinion because your profession is acting? Of course not. Of course you don't and if that's the best you've got to to come back at mcconaughey then i know you've got nothing and uh you know that that he he hit the he hit the target now if someone went well you know he wants to run for governor again no idea whether he wants to run for governor again that's bullshit it's been rumored it's been rumored for a while i i don't i can't really trust the experience of a matthew mcconaughey i need like a real world somebody like ted nugent or kid rock those are the people i want telling me about guns and stuff that's going on in the world if i could get those guys back please yeah um i i I just i just think it was a, a a great unexpected unscripted moment and um Nothing more to be said. I, I I hope what he said has some some resonance. One thing never changes. Ever. You know, it, it takes a lot. There was a hearing uh, today, Wednesday, in uh, Washington in front of uh, one of the House committees on this, and the testimony was was vivid. It was stark. It was descriptive of what happens when you use an AR-15 to. Uh, take apart the the bodies of of children who are that small they are unrecognizable you've you've heard this many times now in the last few weeks they they had to do dna samples or in the one case matthew mcconaughey 
displayed the green Converse tennis shoes of uh, one child. Those weren't the actual shoes, but the same style. And that was uh, helpful in identifying. So uh, it's just it's just unimaginable what that scene must have looked like. It's unimaginable what the children who are in there are going to experience the rest of their lives. You know, we talk about you know nightmares that never go away. We talk about things that you can't forget. You know, we still have some Holocaust survivors who sure. 80 years later have nightmares about what happened to them and what they saw. This is the same thing. <laughs> it's just identical to that, um, if, if not worse. So, um, I don't know. Let me, can, can I just uh, uh, off-ramp us here for a second? Because uh, if, you're, if you're watching us, you see below my really handsome face, it says there are two Dick senators from Texas. Of course, Dick number one is, is Ted Cruz, you know. Even though he's the junior senator, he's really asserted himself and has become a, a world-class dick. I don't think anybody. The, yeah, the, the Michael Franken, Jordan. When Al Franken told that story about how everybody hates Ted Cruz. He's the, uh, <laughs> the Michael Jordan, the Babe Ruth. Of the, everybody's yeah. playing for second place, really. Yeah. All right. So uh, in the news on, on Wednesday, uh, we find that a guy from California was arrested. Uh, with a weapon and burglary tools uh, near the uh, house of Brett Kavanaugh, the Supreme Court Justice in Montgomery County, Maryland. Oh, <clears throat> the, the guy's in his mid-20s. He said he, uh, he wanted to kill Brett Kavanaugh because he was angry over the Roe versus Wade opinion, the draft opinion, which, of course, Brett Kavanaugh didn't even write it. He was going after the wrong guy. Ha ha. Um, at 1.50 in the morning today, being Wednesday, a guy was arrested. And uh, they took him down to the, to the joint. Uh, but here's the point. Here's the point. The governor of Maryland, Larry Hogan, said, I believe the right thing in the wake of this, this day. He said, uh, we'll continue to partner with local and uh, federal law enforcement to help ensure that these residential areas are secure. I call on the leaders of both parties to strongly condemn these actions. And it's a bite of a, okay, good enough. It should have stopped right there, but no, no. John Cornyn, the other Senator from Texas, the one you don't know very well, and he's been in office a long time, but he really, he's kind of a low impact, long serving Senator. Ooh, there aren't very many of those, are there? Um, he's co-sponsored a bill already that would extend police protection to the families of Supreme Court justices. And here's the John Cornyn quote. The arrest of this individual proves that these threats to justices' lives are horrifyingly real. And it's unconscionable for House Democrats to leave their families without police protection for even one more day now number one i didn't know that house democrats are against protecting supreme court justices i didn't know that where where did that come up so he just made that shit up okay you want to talk about politicizing something that doesn't need to be politicized this would be the definition 
of that. He urges Nancy Pelosi to keep Congress in session until they pass his bill. This is the cherry. Here you go. Every day that they don't, meaning the House, the threat to the justices grows. The potential for tragedy becomes more likely. And House Democrats achieve a new apex of political dysfunction. This is John Cornyn, who is a leading Republican senator in the side of the Congress, in the faction, the Republicans, that does nothing about guns ever. Nothing. Mm-hmm. So let's, uh, let's play the game here. Let's talk about Republicans this way. Use his words. Every day, the Republicans don't pass the bill that the House passed years ago about background checks, about age requirements. Every day they don't do that, the potential for tragedy becomes more likely. And Senate Republicans achieve a new apex of political dysfunction. How dare, right, how dare he try to lay this on top of the Democrats? How dare, I mean, you, Jesus Christ. <laughs> that, is, that is triple cynical bullshit politicizing, mm-hmm. partisanizing something. Shouldn't this be the uh, shouldn't this be example one that Brett Kavanaugh needs to go out and get an AR-15 so he can uh, protect his family? I, you know, <laughs> doggone it. <laughs> you are five steps ahead of me. Shouldn't I never they? thought of that. That, that is the issue. If yeah. Brett Kavanaugh was right. just armed and he put up a sign yeah. on his house, say, don't even think about entering. I sleep with an AR-15 style rifle. You know what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's how Tom you do Cornyn, it. Go just 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 stuff it. Just 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 jam it. All right. Let's do uh let's do price of freedom as we go back and we talk about the Uvalde hearings and you talk about some of the, the survivors giving this very emotional testimony, Matthew McConaughey. Uh, apparently there's some people in America that are okay with the, the fact that you can walk out your door, your child can be in school. At any moment in time, your soul may be snatched from you by someone with a gun. Well, uh, we have some new polling on this. Yeah. Uh, 44% of Republican voters say that, and this is what they agreed with, these four words, we have to accept the slaughter of children on more or less a regular basis because they're the collateral damage of living in a free society. And I'm not sure how you, you close that gap, although you know my theory, it really needs to be some famous children, famous children, instead of children who, oh, they're cute. Yeah. Oh, they, they like to play baseball. One was a cheerleader, but I don't know them. I'll move on. But if it's the child of someone famous, uh, that might change that number um, a little bit. So the, uh, the fetishizing of, of guns and manhood 
in the name of a gun that can, you know, shoot, what is it, 30 rounds a minute? If you squeeze it, you can squeeze it like every two seconds or so. Isn't that about right? 30 a minute? Something like that. Um, that's, that's the price of free. That's what the founding fathers had in mind. They really did. Um, I don't know how you close that. I don't know how you fix that. It's baked into the, they just feel like it's baked into the cake. I mean, that's, that's, that's just part of the deal. I mean, I, I, in fact, you could think it's a cake. If you have a delicious cake that I can eat, but the price of that, I don't have to pay anything for it is I might get food poisoning, possibly die. I'll be sick for a few days. Well, that's just how it is. That's that's it's worth it. It's worth it, Brad. Uh, to live in the to, to live in the quote unquote the greatest country on earth. The only problem is maybe you might get shot down with you and your family, and again they might be turned into meat, and you might have to use a DNA sample to identify them. And there's a shocking number of people who are like, eh, that is just the way it is. That is part of the bargain. That is an existential thing in America. Uh, I hadn't seen this. I'll bring it to our attention right now. The comments by the head of the NRA, Wayne LaPierre, this is uh, right after the uh, Uvalde, Texas massacre. Here's what he said. We know there can be no freedom, no security, no safety, without the right of the law-abiding to bear arms for self-defense. Well, as far as that goes, you can't disagree with that, except here's the problem. You left out the rest of everything. The NRA doesn't just stand for that. They stand for the inability of society through government and through its laws to limit the ability of people who are not even close to buying any kind of gun, any kind of weapon for self-defense. They're, they're buying it to commit crimes. They're buying it to commit mass murder. They're, they're buying it because it's the in thing. They're buying it for no good reason, certainly not self-defense. So... If his point is that every other right that a person would have in this country, every other right, including the, and uh, I, I came up with this, Brit, write this one down, ready? The right to life. Ah, I thought of that one. Yeah. And, and, and the freedom to maybe move around and, and be able to go to a grocery store, or go to your church, or go to a baseball game, go to school without fear of getting blown away or being able to drop off your child at school without thinking about it all the way home, what might happen to my child, that is secondary as long as you're willing to turn over the uh, policies to Wayne LaPierre and the slice of the NRA, because all the members of the NRA don't believe that at all, what LaPierre says, that, that having a gun supersedes all other rights and that there should be no regulations on, on weapons or who can buy them and how they buy them and whether they can be taken away. Most NRA members don't even agree with that. So the NRA is kind of is kind of like a microcosm of the country. The, my, the NRA has minority rule. This country is operating under minority rule right now, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so... Yeah.
There's just a number of people. I mean, it, it's just shocking for a number of people to say that they're comfortable with that as being, you know, we, we obviously, when we live in a society like this and as an American, you pay taxes. That's part of what you do is you pay taxes for things that we all share. We have the common de defense. Things like this are also in the Constitution. But for people to go, meh, it's not a bad bargain. You get to have freedom of speech. You can grill in your backyard. But once in a while, turns out you or your family can be shot down and turned into meat at a movie theater or a church or a shopping mall or concert or just anywhere. But and there's not a damn thing you can do about it. It's a we good deal. It's a good deal. Come on. You can bargain with the man, but it's, it's, it's a good deal. All the way around, it's going to be a win for you. I mean, that's a, that to me, and I, I'm, I, I appreciate these people in very naked terms saying that that's how they feel. I, I don't agree, and I don't think it has to be that way. But, the, you know, again, that's a shocking number of people that would say that that's just, that's just part of the bargain. Yeah. If I, yeah. You know, right. I, I, there's, I, I think there's also, I, I don't know, I don't know if you can find something commensurate, but, yeah, ladies, you can go out and you can go party uh, downtown, but once in a while you're going to get raped. I mean, it's, I, and, and it, it's just going to happen. I mean, uh, well, okay. I guess that's just how it's going to be. Uh, I'll, I'll be putting on my heels now. I mean, <laughs> it's just, it's preposterous. Well, um, you can pick almost anything that you have to uh, uh, show ID for or what is regulated and then compare it with the uh, relative ease of buying this kind of uh, military style. If I use the word grade, I'll get attacked for not knowing what the weapon really is. It's not a military weapon. No. I actually looked up the history of this weapon. Okay. And in 1963, uh, the Colt Company, the famous Colt, Samuel Colt, remember that guy? Mm -hmm. He's, he's offered a, uh, an answer on Jeopardy, I think, or he's a question. Who was Samuel Colt? Of course, he founded the Baltimore Colts. Who moved That's right. Indiana. That's exactly right. They moved to Indy. That's the guy. The The uh, military commissioned uh, the development of this kind of weaponry. And it was, I guess it's the M-16. And so Colt was uh, told, well, can we develop a civilian version of this? Yes. And uh, that was the, the AR-15, which AR doesn't stand for assault rifle or, or, or anything of that sort. That's like the name of the the initials of the guy who uh, who who uh, uh, did the the architecture on mm -hmm. it, but because it's AR, it's it's very convenient, and therefore that weapon has been around for a long time. For a long time, it seems maybe in the last thirty-five or forty years, the first twenty years, I guess it, it wasn't such a big deal in terms of being used in mass shootings. We didn't have that many. What changed? Know, what, what, what was the what was the what was the bloodshed slash watershed? You don't remember this? It, the AK was the go-to for a number of years, and from what I remember, December of 2012 at Newtown, that's what changed. That's when everybody goes, "We're going to go for this one," and it was the one of the, the AK. That's correct. And then that was one of those deals where immediately the next day and the day after, they started lining up around the block at gun shops across America. That's that's oh, what happened. I haven't seen the uh, the uh, news reporting on this yet, but I, I can guarantee you, since we've had two gigantic, highly publicized mass shootings in the last month, that, again, you know, sales have 
gone through the roof because you know, I only have four of them. I need five. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who's buying more, but but they do. They just keep buying them. Um, so that was the we'll uh, that was done. We'll see if anything's done. We'll see if anything's done. Yeah, it feels like yeah. the the massacre at Newtown. Uh, was the the turning point for that one became the go to gun for people right, but, who wanted to slaughter a bunch of people easily, but 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 you know after that happened, um, it was quickly agreed that if this doesn't do if this doesn't change mind if <laughs> right then nothing will. So <laughs> we're still in the nothing will. Well, how many of those? How many of those did we go through? I mean, it was that one, and then oh, they slaughtered dozens, dozens in Vegas. Well, they got to do something now. No, we're not going to. Oh, that Parkland thing where they just go to the high school and they're just mowing people. Well, that's got to change. Well, that's well not, but, no. but 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 that's that's the point. There was there was Newtown, and then since then, with all these other things you just named, they quickly fell into the nothing will happen. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if nothing was going to happen after Newtown, well, fifty-one mostly adults in Vegas. That doesn't that doesn't compare to to twenty-six. And but you can't compare them. It's just stupid. It's just dumb. And um, one day, one day there's going to be a, an accounting for this too. I don't know when it's going to be. I don't know how it's going to happen, but uh, but there will be. Um, leave anything else uh yeah the dim dims are fucked was also one of the the things on your list dims are yeah 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 well when you look at the uh results of some of the primaries that were were held yesterday you can see you can see sort of a trend although anytime you make judgments about what's going on politically based on primaries especially low turnout primaries, which, by the way, is a problem in and of itself for Democrats, because they had some highly contested races out in California, particularly for mayor of Los Angeles, and to recall the prosecutor in San Francisco. And the turnout was low in both of those. So low turnout is apathy. Apathy is the friend of Republicans. They love apathy. They love they don't have to suppress the vote if you suppress your own vote, right? Correct. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so they, they they threw out the prosecutor in in San Francisco, and uh, you and I don't do you know, Northern California politics drill down kind of stuff, um, and uh, we're subject to the the uh, the same media that everybody else is, which is all you ever see is uh, people breaking in to jewelry stores and taking shit and running out, no one doing anything as if, by the way, that's the fault of the prosecutor, which of course it's not, it's the police. It's the man. It's, but that doesn't matter. We're at the point in a lot of things in this country. If we haven't been for a long time where fuck, I got to blame somebody. I got to go after someone and, well, let's go after the prosecutor because we can recall the prosecutor. You can't do that with the chief of police, and it's a little tougher with the mayor. But a prosecutor, hell, we can. It's going to be a low turnout thing. We'll nail this this guy to the floor, and uh, uh, they got him. They got him. You know, he's been you know the no cash bail and not going to go after petty crimes kind of guy. And 
and his parents. If if you want to play genetics with with the uh, prosecutor in San Francisco who's about to leave, this guy was was doomed. Um, sadly, from from the time he was born, because his parents were the Bowdens who were involved in one of the worst left wing uh, violent incidents of the 60s. I think they, one of them drove the car and the other was the they were in on it and they both went to jail. Right. And and uh, and so the, she was pregnant at the time. So she has this kid back then. Right. <laughs> and he grows up and he becomes a lefty prosecutor. Or as it's perceived in much of the country, a soft on crime prosecutor elected in super liberal San Francisco. I'm being very stereotypical here. Right. And he takes office at the worst time ever when the pandemic breaks out. Things are going to shit in general. There's a lot of homelessness in California and the major cities anyway. And he's there. Um, And he was elected by a pretty large margin. I think I think he did pretty well. Maybe he snuck in. Um, so is, is that an earthquake for the whole country? Is it, does that mean that the guy in Philadelphia, the guy in Chicago, the, the Alvin Bragg, the New York prosecutor who uh, apparently decided to go light on Donald Trump? That's a whole other issue. Talk about soft right. on crime. Right. Um, are, are these people doomed? And will this be taken out on the Democratic Party in general? Does this allow more space for Republicans to say, well, they wanted to defund the police, and it doesn't matter whether he did or not. I'm he sure didn't. he I doubt that he did. It doesn't matter. Yep. It plays into every stereotype ever in the history of the world in this area. Well, I sure. think it's a problem for Democrats. And if you, if you combine that with rampant inflation, the Republicans don't have to do anything. I wouldn't even run any ads if I were them. I just let it go, and they're they're, no, they're going to do well. Things all you need, be, no, all you need if you're a Republican is about twenty seconds of those uh, those videos that you see of people just running out of stores looting. That's and not right. not all you need is that, and then just do a voiceover. I mean, you do the hat enough, vote Republican. That's all you got. Do you don't even need a voiceover guy? It can be completely silent. You can have some of that ominous. That one note synthesizer shit like they do on CSI and stuff like that. You could do that for 20 seconds. I've just produced the cheapest ad in the history of politics for these people. I just did it and it, it would be so tremendously effective. That's all you need. Yeah. And, and I mean, Donald Trump was really good about this, talking about how it was the Democrat, the Democrat cities, right? That were the cesspools. That's where the problem is in America. Right. Right. Uh, and it's, uh, it's, this is going to be tough for, for Democrats down the coast there in Los Angeles, they had a mayoral race uh, and uh, Karen Bass, Karen Bass was the party choice. Karen Bass is the uh, Congresswoman who's been in office out there forever. Uh, you most recognize her because she has a very short haircut, a very short haircut, Karen Bass. And, uh, you know, she's, she's from that area and, and she was supposed to do, supposed to grab it. And she got, she got beat, but it's a, it's a playoff situation there. It's a oh, yeah. round because you have to get 50%. Neither got 50%. There was a third person in there. So uh, she'll go up against this guy who's a bazillionaire named Rick Caruso. He's the shopping center guy out there. And he spent, you know, 50 million of his own money in the primary to get well known. Uh, I understand you couldn't uh, turn around without a commercial being in your face with this guy's name on it. 
Um, but he's the uh, guy who's going to clean up L.A. We're not going to let L.A. go. And and these are two Democrats. Sure. Uh, I do have I do have a I don't know when this quote was made, but I'm getting it now from Steve Scalise. It was either made yesterday or today. Steve Scalise, who has been the victim of gun violence, right? He's been shot by by a crazy person, by a liberal. Airplanes were used on 9-11 as the weapon to kill thousands of people and to inflict terror in our country. There wasn't a conversation about banning airplanes. Oh, no, no. That's truly the words that came out of Steve Scalise. Yeah, but we did have some conversations about not letting people train to fly those planes who wanted to learn how to fly, but not necessarily how to land. We did have some conversations about possibly bringing explosive devices. There was a number of Fred, regulatory Fred, things. You, that you, have, you have to be discriminating. You have to remember, sometimes it's just too stupid <laughs> to, to respond point by point. And also, nobody's talking about banning guns. No, no one's talking. There, there's like five people. Doesn't in matter. There, doesn't no one's matter, talking about right? banning guns. What we would like is for a crazy person to have at least a speed bump on the way to the store in order to grab about five of them when they're 18 years old on the way to their 18th birthday party. I know that sounds extreme. I know that's nuts. Britt, let's think about drunk driving. What do we do? And, you know, we've actually made a lot of progress in 35, 40 years on on drunk driving compared to to the way it used to be. Uh, When... Um, James Dean, the famous uh, Hollywood actor uh, who uh, who died in a I don't know. Was he drunk when he uh, got into that know. crash or was he just speeding? I think he was just speeding, but I'm not sure he was just speeding. But uh, uh, so I, I take that back. I retract those remarks. We'll, we'll edit that out of the podcast. OK, like we do everything. <laughs> sure, as we do. That's what we would do. Well, all right, well, if somebody gets nailed for 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 drunk driving. They are, in effect, misusing the car, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're just misusing the car. So, so what do we do in an ideal situation? Um, we restrict the use of the car or yeah. a car by that person for a certain period of time. We make them go through uh, rehabilitation if they are a true alcoholic. Uh, there is punishment. There are fines for misusing the car and to uh, glom on to the brilliant logic of steve scalise no we don't ban all automobiles because a person did that you should still have the right to drive a car uh, so should i don't take away my car because some other guy drove drunk okay i mean that's how stupid <laughs> that's how stupid the the airplane uh an attempted analogy to to gun violence was it's just too stupid to talk about scalise stu- is just a oh i my. can't believe it the stupid hurts it's it's so painful does uh, scalise have designs on being speaker of the house i, I wonder do you think they're they're all you know whatever think- they're saying about mccarthy in public that they, they know he's a moron Oh, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I've, I've gone with your theory. This guy's not McCarthy's not going to be speaking of the house, and the rest of them have to be doing the, the behind the scenes shit. I would think. Yeah. I mean, they look. Any anybody can be speaker of the house. It doesn't even have to be a current member of the House of Representatives. I, I wouldn't be surprised if these assholes floated the idea of Donald Trump being the guy. Well, that gets brought up occasionally, and right. of course, why wouldn't uh, they do it? Why wouldn't they make Donald Trump speaker of the house? 
just to be dicks because it's an in-your-face to liberals. That's what they live for. Again, it's it's sort of too stupid to talk about, but not right. quite stupid enough because you know because anything could could happen. And, and I'm still sticking with until we get to to late Thursday night or into Friday. Uh, I'm still sticking with the idea that Trump on Thursday before the hearing from the January 6th committee, he will announce that he is a candidate for the 2024 Republican nomination to try to divert, distract, and draw positive attention to himself by his supporters. That I'm still going with that. And that's such a crazy prediction. It's, it's, it is too stupid to talk about, but it's so stupid that, you know, I, I give that one a, a one in, in a hundred chance. And, it's, uh, a, yeah. it's, it's the old puncher's chance there, for sure. Yeah, yeah one, I'm giving that one a one, one in a hundred. Oh, boy. All right. Uh, We're back we'll on Thursday. These proceedings uh, tomorrow, we'll, we'll gavel us out here. I'm going to book a ticket out to Vegas before they can take away our right to fly. What? No, sorry. I gotta be, they're going to they're gonna ban airplanes soon. Yeah, they, yeah, the only thing is they forgot to ban them. 